Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You will say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And happy Chromatica Day. It's oh my god, Chromatica Eve as we're recording this. You will be experiencing Chromatica Day Day. The day. Uh, it's like Christmas Day. Chromatica Day. This is Chromatica Eve. Although, let's be honest. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably listening to it the day after Chromatica Day because you probably spent all Chromatica Day listening to Chromatica. You're saying that Chromatica came before this podcast? No, I'm saying that like no one's listening to the podcast on Friday. They're waiting until Saturday. Because they're too busy listening they're too to Chromatica busy listening to all Chromatica. day. They're like, I can't possibly listen to anything else aside from this piece of artwork. Let's look at the track list. Should we guess what our favorite song will be? The names of the songs, which are just so funny. Chromatica 1, which is one minute long. So it's, you know, her Lotus intro, I'm Welcome sure. to Chromatica. <laughs> <laughs> On the planet of Chromatica, we invite all to love and dance. <laughs> it's like an airplane, <laughs> like safety video. <laughs> that she then sells to like you know, whatever remaining airline there is. Okay. Seatbelts are never required on Chromatica Airlines. We want you to be up and dancing. And Delta's like, um, Gaga, uh, please include the seatbelts. Put that back in. Uh, we do require seatbelts on Delta flights. Okay. <laughs> Flight attendants will soon be walking down the aisles to deliver poppers to those who want them. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> okay. Chromatica 1, which I think will be funny. Alice, which I love. I think my number one, I think my favorite song is going to be Alice. Alice? Okay. <laughs> but, but next yeah. is Stupid Love, which we're familiar with. Then it's Rain on Me. Then Free Woman, which I think will be fine. I think I'm going to be really into Free Woman. Yeah. Because those are some of the you lyrics that she's... Thank you. Some <laughs> Those are some of the lyrics that she's tweeted out or shared. And I love the... the you can tell she's been thinking about this mantra for like a long time. Like this mm-hmm. is really something that she's like about to get tattooed on her ass, you know? Because it reminds me of I'm a free bitch baby, and that to me is like an iconic Gaga sentiment. M- often confused with I'm a freak bitch baby. She doesn't say freak bitch, she says free bitch. She's a free bitch and a free woman. <laughs> okay. I'm a free bitch, baby. She's also having fun tonight. Oh, fun tonight? That's two minutes and 53 seconds long. I like that, actually. Then there's Chromatica 2, which is 41 seconds, which is probably about no. the descent, the descent of the airline. <laughs> Right? It's like approaching. When Chromatica 2 starts, I put on my earplanes. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, Because they adjust the pressure in my ears. I, I put in scams. a piece of gum. I chew a piece of gum. Gum doesn't work for me. I have very weird ear canals, which we're all familiar mm, okay, with. Okay, 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 okay. Next is 911, which I'll be calling if you don't listen to Chromatica tomorrow. Next okay, is... wow. 911 is going to, might be my favorite. Next is Plastic Doll, which I feel like I won't like. I'm probably going to be like, it's a very mm, Britney Spears like. uh, title. I don't like it's it. It's also track nine of 16, and it's like right in the middle where you're like, okay, let's like move on to the second half. Then there's Sour <sighs> Candy, which came out today, which we've heard. Blackpink is in it. Hot on the inside. Yeah, love it. Blackpink, of all the people on this list, I would say even above Elton John, like there's a chance Blackpink could be. 
more famous than Lady Gaga. <laughs> to I be mean, honest, in, in, in terms, terms of, of number of people who love well, them, yes. Right. Putting K-pop on your album in 2020 is smart. Uh, definitely a smart move. And I think a lot of artists have embraced K-pop for many reasons, but mostly just to open up their fan base. Not that Lady Gaga doesn't have a huge fan base like outside of the United States. Could but, always be bigger. Could always but be Blackpink bigger. Is, a, is a move because I think the, BT, the BTS thing, they have, I think, I'll push that door open. And a lot of people have seen that like, it's definitely doable here to have K-pop music on the charts. Not yeah. that... Again, for charts only, but I think Gaga, if her like punk kindness all around the world were together, having mm-hmm. a we're together, having Korean Women. and K pop on her album yeah. is like the move. Mm-hmm. Then there's Chromatica <laughs> is part of the galaxy, part of the world. I can't tell if Chromatica is a planet, if it's a state of mind, if it's a parallel universe, or if it's just Los Angeles. I don't know which one of those things Chromatica is. <laughs> it's all of those things, but I think it's supposed to be a planet aesthetically for okay. Gaga. But it okay. is also, yes, a state of mind, and it is Los Angeles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is the moment. It is Los Angeles. <laughs> Next is Enigma, which is really funny. I feel like I'll like Enigma. I'll like the second mm, half. No. I always love a second half. I'll like Enigma. I don't like Enigma. I'm ready to move on from Enigma. <laughs> okay. What about If replay? Enigma is the is the Gaga Vegas shtick, I'm, over, I'm moving on from Enigma. What about Replay? We'll like Replay. Yeah. Sure. And then there's Chromatica 3, which is 27 seconds long. More speaking. I love it. When when She's she like, talks. We have arrived on the planet. <laughs> Please thank your flight attendants upon disembarking Wait, the plane. Wait, why is she still on the plane? When will she get off the plane? I like the idea of it being like a, a spaceship. Fully it reminds me of Fifth Element, like the um the space cruise ship that goes to Flost in Paradise. It, I think that right. Chromatica like, takes the same ship. You take or the same girl, the 21st century. Yeah, totally. I'm less familiar with that one. Sign mm-hmm. from above, like a wave, S-I-N-E. So she's I getting get it like cosine. I love, I love because that's why she, the cosine is in her. She uses that cosine symbol. A lot. I love when she talks about like science and math. Yeah, I want to know what I, I want to know what the cosine means to her. She'll explain it probably in Chromatica okay. three. Yeah, I can't wait. And then there's um, that's the one with Elton John that has the most writers of oh, all the songs. No great, song great, has great, more great. writers than Elton's song, probably because he brought in his own people and her people. She has her people. Ryan Tedder's there. Dead. Ryan Tedder's like, hello, I'm raising my hand. I'm here. I wonder if it's like, it's going to be a play on like cosign. Like I cosign for your love. I cosign. No, but it's I'm sign co- from like, above. Sign from, oh, it's that's what the yeah. play is. Got yeah. It. Then there's a thousand doves, which I'm sure I will love. <laughs> This is the worst. This is the worst intro we've ever, it ever, ends with the ever, song ever done. Babylon. Babylon. Anyway, if you want our full thoughts on Chromatica, just join the Patreon because we are having a Chromatica episode. We're going to do it. an actual episode that where we've heard the songs versus one where we think about the songs <laughs> and the titles and if we'll like them. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else? Any fun breaking news this the morning? The biggest yes. oh. breaking news oh, yeah, there is. is that Scott Disick and um, Sophia Ritchie They're officially done. broke up. They're His, done. His short trip to rehab that was like then unfortunately discovered by paparazzi seemed to be the turning point or something. And now they're saying that they broke up. He was there not for um, any sort of drug or addiction. He was apparently there because he was just like very sad about his parents' death a few years ago. And he was like going through personal trauma and PTSD apparently. Um, And it broke them up. Right. I mean, I don't I mean, he he there's a lot of things that are being claimed, but right. It's he's claiming that he's he's at rehab for yeah, his lawyer, yeah. for different reasons than what you would expect, which would be drug abuse. But mm-hmm. anyways, they broke up. 
And there was a headline this morning, Scott Disick parties with the Kardashians after Sophia Richie breakup. If you didn't think that Scott Disick was going to be welcomed back into the fold, I mean, they didn't need Sophia Richie in the first place. He is just back in the, he's back in the fam. Where is this resort? The Amangri Resort? Where is that? Where they all are? How are they traveling? At the Amangri Resort. They probably are using private planes. (sighs) Oh, it's in like the desert. Oh my God. We're so... Yeah. Oh my God. This is beautiful. Ugh, <laughs> it's so annoying. You are listening to Who's There, our weekly call in show where we take your questions, comments, concerns at 619 Who Them. Canyon Point, Utah. Okay, sounds nice. Looks like Monument Valley so on they're all the driving. Instagrams. They're driving out there. It's nice. Okay, yeah. yeah. How's your vibe? What's the vibe? Uh, I'm excited about Chromatica and mm-hmm. my vibe is generally fine. How's your vibe? That's fine. Could always be better doesn't sound fine you know not the greatest week let's okay. do comments because <laughs> recording the show is always makes my vibe better and Lindsay's. we did get a lot of pushback from jedward fans i didn't know there were so many devoted and loving jedward fans and i just am so impressed by that fandom it's really nice and i mm-hmm. thought it was great i just want to remind those people that this is a comedy podcast is it Oh, well, we try. Obviously, they didn't think it was funny. Um, and we didn't know anything about Jedward. So a lot of us, a lot of those things were surmising. We're not a newspaper. And so, uh, you know, please stop getting mad at us. Thank you. Well, a lot of people got mad at us for quoting that Guardian article because they said the Guardian article was entirely untrue because people don't like them, ironically. Love of something can come from many sources that maybe you don't even know. I'm just saying from what I got from my view, this is why I love that Tara Reid and Jedward are friends, because from a distance literally from America to Ireland, which is where they are most popular, I am seeing it this way. So, mm-hmm. you know, however you love them, I respect that. Yes. And every comment we got from people who have interacted with them has included some variation of, they're really sweet. Here we go. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. Um, long time, first time. Um, I heard your call out for Irish listeners, if anyone had any Jedward and Tara Reid information. Um, And I wanted to let you know that in 2012, I was working at a Mexican restaurant in Dublin um, over the summer. And on quite a few occasions, Tara came in with the twins and they were very polite, but very um, boisterous would maybe be the word. Um, They were a little bit difficult to serve because Jedward took a really long time to figure out what to order. Um, But I think the most notable um, incident was when um, once my colleague was trying to take payment, Tara Reid's credit card was declined. um, And when this happened, Tara Reid laughed, threw her hands in the air and said, typical Tara Reid. Okay, that's all. Crunch, crunch. Typical Tara Reid. Play the Jedward Obama one. Oh, yeah. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I'm just bringing you with a few facts about Jedward. Um, They're definitely thems in ireland and the uk but they're kind of like nostalgic thems no one's really cared about them for about seven years and they have like really hooey tendencies they performed for president obama when he came to ireland in 2011 and like sir Ronan introduced them onto the stage which is kind of surreal when you look back at pictures like it's the weirdest thing i've ever seen also i am pretty sure that when they were on x factor Calvin Harris invaded the stage with a pineapple on his head. Um, that's all about Jedward. Um, 
Scar Joe, Jimmy Pop, Jedward don't belong in balloons. This is, I recommend searching Jedward Obama. You'll get a Daily Mail article from 2011. And the headline is, The moment Jedward met the world's most powerful man, dot, 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 who gave their wacky hair his seal of approval. And then you have these iconic photos of Obama talking to Jedward. The second photo where Michelle's just sort of like looks flabbergasted. She's just like, okay. <laughs> and right behind him, I don't know if you noticed, but you have Daniel Day-Lewis and Brendan Gleeson just looking at Obama interact with Jedward. Just the truly the finest that Ireland has to offer. Just do you want to play that one last Jedward story with the fun stuff at the end? Jedward found yeah, yeah, in yeah, Dublin. Yeah. This one's good. Hi, Who Weekly. Uh, first time, long time. Uh, I heard you were looking for Jedward info. Uh, I'm sure there are more qualified callers who've already called in to tell you uh, the Jedward origin story, um, but I felt like you might appreciate a Jedward anecdote. Uh, I used to work for MTV, and I worked on the show Team Wolf for many, many years. Uh, we had open casting for twins, which ended up being played by Max and Charlie Carver, thank God. Uh, but Jedward sent in an audition tape uh, to this like open casting website, and they even started a social media campaign that is hashtag Jedward on Team Wolf, I believe. You can still look it up and see some hilarious videos and photos. Um, and they told all of their fans to vote for them, even though it wasn't like a voting thing. It was just an open casting call. Uh, they ended up finding my personal Twitter and sending me DMs about it. And they were so incredibly sweet, but also like I don't work in casting. And in addition to being Irish and not actors, they were it was a good audition tape. Uh, so cut to like three months later, I was in Ireland visiting uh, family on vacation and on my last day, they must have also found my Instagram because they sent me a DM on Twitter saying that, oh, you're in Ireland and they couldn't believe it and where was I staying and they had to come see me. So I sent Jedward my friend's address and their mom drove them to come sit in my friend's living room for like 20 minutes and have the single strangest conversation of all time. And then they just left. And then somehow I run into them like three times just on the street in New York, at a hotel in LA, like not at an event or anything that Jedward or Tara Reid would be going to. It's by far the most random celebrity sighting that I've ever had in my life. Um, but in any event, they're incredibly sweet boys. Uh, my favorite facts about them is that John always stands on the left and Edward always stands on the right so that if you're looking at them, you can literally read Jedward and you know who they are. And my other favorite fact about them is that they share one cell phone. Um, that's all. Good form, Bella Thorne. Thanks. That story was great. They sound so delightful. Um, I'm sorry they didn't get on Teen Wolf, but knowing that they stand so that you can read Jedward left to right is honestly made me change my stance. I now I'm obsessed with them. I think that is to put that type of their stance work made you change your, your stance. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so impressed so that I know that Jed is on the left and Ward is on the right or uh, what are their names? Edward. John and John, John and, and Edward. Edward. Jed and Ward. <laughs> Jed and Ward. Jed is on the left and Ward is on the right. Jed Ward. Jeff and Jeff and um, Edwin, whatever their names, their names, whatever their names are. John and Edward. John and Edward. These are not hard names. <laughs> Jed <Jeff>. and Ward. <laughs> Je Ward. Jeff and Edwin. <laughs> Aesop, Hans Christian Andersen. Those are two. Me and Grace. The Brothers Grimm aren't the only fairy tale writers. We forgot about Aesop and Hans Christian Andersen. Um, uh, yeah, too, yeah, crazy that we forgot about Hans Christian Andersen and Aesop. I don't even know why we're still Aesop, best known about... for soap and fables. 
Right. I was gonna say I know more. I know about Aesop from the very specific smells when you go into someone's bathroom and you're like, oh, this is an Aesop home. <laughs> you spend over fifty dollars for soap. <laughs> this this bathroom smells expensive. <laughs> I love Aesop though. Ugh. Every time you pump Aesop soap, you're like 25 cents, 25 cents, 25 cents, 25 cents. Whenever cent. I go to their store and I like try all the products, I'm like, <laughs> like you know, it's just love it. Love that smell. They used to have, I mean, probably no longer and after post COVID, but they used to have the um, hand creams just right outside the door. You didn't need I to know. go inside. You just like do a little, you'd be like, bloop, 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 like on your way elsewhere. That one on Bergen next yeah, to the yeah, Warby yeah. Parker. Cobble Hill, Cobble Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like pump, pump, pump. <laughs> Get on the train. I get on the G. But honestly, I think we're, I don't think that's going to be a thing anymore. I think that's been canceled. We can't have just like hand soap on the street. You know that Aesop is pivoting Cream. to sanitizer though. <laughs> well, if it, smells sanitizer. if it smells as good as their other stuff smells, honestly, I would be willing to pay a lot of money for hand sanitizer. One of myself. my favorite scams is whenever you go to a restaurant again um but when you go to a restaurant or a bar or it doesn't happen yeah, in like a person i don't know home, what that's like anymore whenever you see like the fancy it may not be aesop but usually it is when it's like a fancy hand soap brand and then you're like ooh, and then you go pump 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 and it's pink it's not the soap <laughs> and it's yeah, like it's fully pink soap, soap. it's know. fully soap that barely should be classified as soap well you then you you kind of got it you stop and you're like hmm but then you kind of got to respect it oh you yeah. know because you're kind of like oh well i understand what are you gonna do have the like the kind of <laughs> shitty wall mounted soap dispenser that's like <laughs> you know and all of it like falls on the floor there's like a mound of pink soap on the floor under it you know from where it just drips out. <laughs> okay, we're not even talking about... Even, it doesn't need to be good soap. As long as it's soap, it's fine. Soap is soap. As long as it's but... not a bar of soap. You know, like I don't want a bar of soap. Not in public. I do like a bar of soap, but not mm-hmm. in public. Not in public. But yeah, I love the Aesop. The Aesop pink soap scam is always <laughs> funny to me. It's always, always funny. Right, like in no world has Aesop soap ever been pink. You would know that you would know. It's almost funnier because the Aesop bottle is black, so it's opaque. Whenever there's like a Mrs. Myers, even a Mrs. Myers, a very modest but like, you know, second tier soap, it's really funny whenever the Mrs. Myers, which is like a, fo- a frosted plastic you can still see the color of the one that's inside. When it's pink behind the label, you're like, I see what you're doing. How do we get to soap? Like, we Aesop. were not supposed to be talking about soap. But, like, how did we even get here? The Aesop. caller called to correct us about fairy tales. And now we're talking about soap. I don't soap. want to talk about fairy tales, though. Um, okay, <laughs> next call. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Uh, long time, medium time. So, in response to BB Rex's lyrics to uh, Pump and Circumstance, in the UK, it already has lyrics. Uh, it's called Land of Hope and Glory, and it's kind of like a secondary national anthem. So it's always kind of come across as weird as it was played in American graduations because, uh, yeah, it's a very patriotic British song, and uh, it seems strange that a former colony might be playing it. Anyway, uh, that's all. Me and Greece. So... Everything we've taken from England, let's be real. Of course, our pomp and circumstance that we use to usher graduates down down the aisle to their future is mm-hmm. this old patriotic British song that has lyrics that are like, land of hope and glory, mother of the free, how shall we extol thee who are born of thee? You know, they have it has nothing to do with B.B. Rex's, we did it, we did it, we did it, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, those are her lyrics. <laughs> These are their lyrics. 
Actually, I prefer BB's version. Sorry. Hello, Lindsay Bobby. I was just calling uh, because I am listening to today's episode. I think it's like the 22nd. And I uh, just had to share my bafflement that of all of the battery-operated devices, Bobby could pull in his rant with the virtual boy, which I just think is funny because, I don't know, it's like, who owned a virtual boy? I feel like that was something that was almost like a myth, you know, that you heard about in the pages of, like, Nintendo Power or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I love you guys, and Mr. Sexobeat. Any comment on that one? I do have a comment. Uh, I had a virtual boy. It was always, like, the bane of my existence. And I was was reading it after this comment. I was like, it is really funny that I mentioned the virtual boy, but it was, like, this iconic thing that I had when I was a kid because I liked it, but... You had to put in. I was. I had to Google it to see how many is. batteries is it, it was. Game Boy, but it's not Game Boy. Let's see. It's this thing. It's the thing that you had to put on the table and then lean I your just, face I into it because it was three D. Wait, what? I don't even know what that is. You it's had to. Put, you had to put it. It was a Nintendo. It was like their follow up to the Game Boy, and it was a complete Let flop. I mean, it was fully. I don't think we had this in my family. Oh my god, you used this? Yeah, and then you had to like and see the the little. The this little... is humiliating. <laughs> and so, do you see the little pedestal that it's on? The tripod. It's more of a bipod. Yeah, this is literally that thing broke in two minutes flat. So I had so to. So what did you do? Leave I had on the to like. Table? Well, uh, sort of. I, I taped it together, and then I it was very, and I had to lean it against things. But the p- real problem was I didn't even get to play it as much as I wanted to because see the actual Virtual Boy controller. That's where the batteries went, and I had to re- refresh my memory because I was like, was it six or eight? It was six double A's. That's 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 actually like cruel. I never I never asked for this thing. My parents gave it to me because I was like, why would I ask for a Virtual Boy? It's this it's like expensive, dumb thing. I'm not even gonna ask for it. And then I was Googling it yesterday. Wow, even as a even as a young child, you were thrifty. <laughs> I never asked for things. I very iconically never asked for things. It's just very funny that <laughs> your your personality no, yeah. reigns true. No, like, I never really, changed. <laughs> even as a child, you weren't like, can I have this? You looked at the price and you were like, that's a little pricey for me, a young boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fully at the restaurants without being instructed, I would always get something cheap. Because <laughs> I would... <laughs> He's like, mm, I'll just have a side of baked potato. No, it's like you can get you can get the lasagna. No, I'm I'm good with just this. But no, so um, no, it's psychotic. So my, I was looking this up and I was like, wait, why did my parents get me this? Because I remember getting it and I was like very yeah, yeah, surprised. Yeah. And I was like, this this cool. Yeah. Also, Google the YouTube videos of virt- everything is red. Everything is everything is red. It's monochromatic. It's it's monochromatica. Okay, okay. It was monochromatica on the Virtual you, Boy. Everything was red. Like- I feel Listen. Like you had to put your face in this dumb yeah. thing that probably wasn't even 3D. It was 3D, but it, it was like 3D. Red, it was V1. red 3D. Yeah. And so I was Googling this and I was like, why did my parents get me this? And I had this vivid memory of like getting the virtual boy. It was for my birthday. Okay. Which, or maybe it was, I think it was my birthday, which means it was the Virtual Boy came out in like summer of 95. I must have gotten it in 96, which means it had been out for almost a year. Lindsay, by that point, 
almost all the Virtual Boy accessories were n- either on sale or discontinued. So oh, I so I get the Virtual you, Boy. It comes. You with, got the flop yes, boy when it, it was comes, a flop. Yes, and it, by that point, I looked up on Google. People were practically giving them away. They had reduced the price to fifty dollars <laughs> at some blockbusters, according that's, to Wikipedia. That's very so, nice. Your parents probably like this is a complicated device, and it's on sale. Yeah, and so we didn't do and Bobby didn't, research, and Bobby didn't ask for anything because he always tensed up the moment he was asked to ask for something. So okay, wow. <laughs> so I remember getting what this. What did thing. you want? I mean, I wanted a video camera. I asked for a video camera once, but I never thought I would get it. Um, did you? I did get it. Like, see, have some faith in point. your parents. That's like the one of the one things that I asked for that I got, and I like saw right. Um, and a video game called Steven Spielberg's Director's Chair, which starred <laughs> That's Gen- amazing. which starred Jennifer Aniston and Quentin Tarantino. Look it up. It was an iconic game. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> listen. So I get this game and it came with either my parents gave it to me or someone else for my birthday gave me a Best Buy gift card. And they were like, Uh and then you can, we didn't know what game you won because it only came with Mario Tennis or some tennis game. And so I was like, oh, cool. Now I get to go to Best Buy and pick out a game that I want. Uh And and also this thing runs on batteries and it doesn't come with the adapter (laughs) to plug it into the wall. It doesn't come with the adapter to plug it into the wall. That was an accessory you had to buy. Otherwise, right, you had to just put the batteries in. Batteries in I went to minutes. the Best Buy expecting to get the adapter and a, and game. a game. Almost all the games were gone. There was a little catalog thingy, and then you'd flip through it, and they were all just all gone. I, the only one I could get was the Wari- was a Wario game. That's the only one they had in stock. I wanted a Waterworld game, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Not in so stock. Depressing. I wanted, and I was like, okay, cool. I want the A C adapter so that I can plug this in and not have to put in six batteries every time. They don't make it anymore. So I was like, what? Or it's not available there. So my Virtual Boy experience was just like, I played it as much as I could until we ran out of batteries. And then when we ran out of batteries, I was like, I guess I'm never playing this again. So and then the, you just never refilled six. the batteries? Well, it needed six. So some, it was just hard to come by so six you, batteries. And you couldn't find and six batteries? And I couldn't batteries? like hop in the car and drive and get... Well, you would get them, but And also, God like, forbid, you ask for six batteries. That's like the biggest ask in the world. They died so quickly, the batteries in the okay, Virtual okay, Boy. That's okay. powerful technology. Look what it looked I like. Mean, I mean, this makes me so thankful for my Switch that literally plugs into the same plug that my computer charges with. I don't even understand how they figured that out, but it's it's amazing. Lindsay, this is what the tennis game looked like. Okay. I <laughs> literally. Everything was this red. Flop, this flop. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everything Why was red. Why would you play this? <laughs> And so, and apparently it could have been better, but they were getting way too focused on the Nintendo 64. So they were like, we're not going to focus on the Virtual Boy anymore. So they just like rushed it to market and then no one bought it because it was a flaw. Well, except for you. It's in my parents' house. I was looking on eBay. They're they're going for like $500. Are you kidding? Pre-owned, you pre-owned for $250. And notice you have to sell your one of the pre boy. all the pre you only ones used it you only used it enough for six batteries. Let's see all of the photos that I'm looking at of the virtual boys pre owned. The tripods yeah. are not there because guess what? The tripods just collapsed. They broke. Okay, so you gotta get this virtual boy and settle it on I the black know. market. I'm gonna actually text okay. my parents after this and be the like, "Is market. my virtual boy still?" In? I know with the cabinet okay. that it was in. Okay, can we move on? Because anytime I get the batteries, I'd be like, "Ooh," and then I'd rummage through the cabinet and pull out the virtual boy. Oh my this god! This is like therapy. This is like a therapy story, by the way. So please, can we go to the next one? <laughs> next call. Next call. Next call. 
Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Uh, first time, or not first time, many times, long time, long time. Uh, anyway, I'm, I had to pause the podcast because I actually know something for once. So Amanda Stanton, um, Bane of Bachelor uh, fans of distance, the reason she posted it, it, like, really isn't just because she had to share it. She's sharing her life. Um, she and a lot of other Bachelor Nation uh, stars, quote-unquote, um, go to this uh, stylist in Arizona to get their um, very long ratty extensions done and they post it um, and I believe posting it either gets it for them for free or gets it for them at a big discount um, because this woman does uh, Manchin's hair, does Tia Booth's hair, I think she may have done Raven Gates's hair um, but she's popular within these women who've been on The Bachelor and Bachelor adjacent shows um, and they get discounts on these uh, what has become called by by other bachelor fans hair vests. Um they get they get either a big discount or get them for free because this woman um has them instead post it on their feed and so this woman is known for these extensions and styles and stuff like that. So yeah, like she so Amanda Staten drove to Arizona and posted her her haircut because that's how she gets her haircut for either free or less money. Um so yeah, I just felt proud of myself that I knew something for once. Uh so crunch crunch price. Looking back, this is such a duh. Like, of course, like who would go to Arizona, get their hair done? Clearly, it is a thing. Clearly, if she posts it, she gets spawn. It spawns. She gets a discount or whatever. She the gets funny a quo. <laughs> I, I should be able to um, I should be able to look up who this woman is. Right. If, if they do such a good job pointing out who the woman who does their hair is. But I couldn't even really find maybe I'm I wasn't looking hard enough, but I couldn't even really find the the woman in Arizona. The woman in Arizona, the next Amy Adams vehicle. But the idea that all of these bachelor women go to all the way to Arizona to get hair <laughs> extensions to me is just like extremely funny. Like literally the distance that they will go to get their hair extensions literally at any time during a pandemic without. And so for her to post it, you're right. She just was, you know, wanting she, that. She did coin. put it in the caption, but it wasn't like a lot. Hair by Chrissy. Yeah. Hair by underscore Chrissy. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I didn't look hard. I really did not look hard enough. Hair she by has 751,000 followers, which is almost as many as Amanda Stanton. It's kind of a genius. It's kind of a genius thing. I mean, she this must hair, basically do their hair by f- hair for free. This it's hair, a very specific type of hair. I, how do you describe this hair? How would you describe this hair? It's wavy. Mm, uh, it's not ombre. It's ombre in a way, but it's also very textured. It's it looks fake. I don't understand. It's highlighted. Well, what's what's a, iconic about it is that it's a hair pattern that no woman has naturally. It is the <laughs> it is the hair pattern that you give yourself if you put your hair in braids and sleep in it. It is like a wave. It's not a curl. It's a it's a very chemically processed looking wave, right? That's what it is. Yeah. A fake ass beachy wave that not many people can have and the hair that they get from this woman is hair that you could never grow on your own. Truly, truly just layers and layers of hair that could not grow out of your head alone. Uh, the the side-by-sides here where it's like me before hair by Chrissy, me after hair by Chrissy, I'm like, <laughs> the after is always like so yeah. shocking. It's so it's shocking. so much hair. It's, it's so, so much hair. hair. And so, so much, much appears hair. to have been done to it. It's shockingly artificial looking. Like you don't look at this hair and be like, "I wish I had hair like your." Like I do, though. You would you would get this hairstyle? I have to say, are you kidding? In a second, this <laughs> hair turns you into a monster. If you have hair like this, you turn into 
a queen bitch asshole monster. I would love to have like a lion's mane of like 20 inch hair with the thickness. Are you kidding? It's so thick. It's so thick. I would I would drive to Arizona from Los Angeles during a pandemic. I don't think I would do that. But I would do anything for this hair. Chrissy hit me up. Hair by Chrissy hit me up. But I think the thing that I think is most uh, jarring to me is that it immediately looks like something that will only look good for five minutes or something or like yeah. a day. Like it, right. you look at that and you're like, "Ooh, that takes upkeep. Ooh, that's expensive hair. That is a that is a that is an investment. Truly that is a the commitment. funniest thing is if you go to her story 17 hours ago, you have Ariana Bierman, a Bierman daughter posing with her new hair extensions. So clearly um, things are active at the hair salon. I am a little annoyed because I can't go to my hair salon, but these women are getting, you know, pounds of hair sewed onto their head and I am not allowed to. Okay, fine. 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 Okay, moving on. Hi, Lindsay Bobby, just on my government-mandated daily walk. So I'm talking through my mask right now, which is why I might be muffled. I just had to pause the episode to say uh, I'm bisexual and I would love to live in Vancouver. Okay, crunch, crunch. So Ruby Rose, they don't need Ruby Rose. They don't need her. Vancouver. There's just like all these bisexuals who are like, we want to live in Vancouver. And the CW's like, this rules. <laughs> Great. I just want the Vancouver thing to be such a thing that she has to apologize to Vancouver on top of being like, that would be so funny to me if Ruby Rose was like, I just want to apologize to Vancouver. N- n- like, no offense. Like, I, it's not about you. It's about me. Mm-hmm. Also, I didn't know, maybe I did know, but Ruby Rose is a DJ. So amongst this like comment about Batwoman, she's just like posting, posting, posting her DJ dates, her like tour dates, which I'm like, when are those tour dates for? Because I don't know who you're DJing for right now, you know? She's DJing for that hairstylist in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she can get the hair extensions yeah. on a discounted rate. Okay. Uh, let's move. Fauci's like, please do not attend <laughs> Ruby Rose DJ events. <laughs> Next call. Somebody called and said that um, some of the like nightclubs had opened up in Arizona, which is like, Ooh, and they and Ronnie from the Jersey Shore was like doing hosting a club event in Arizona. Like he went, he went all the way to Arizona doing club. Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can't, thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm going to correct this ad because I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking, and it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee-pee because I use Pretty Litter. You're saying springtime vibes are in the air, and when I cook a big pot of beans, <laughs> I'd rather I want to smell beans. them, yes. not the litter box. I'd rather okay, smell beans great. than flour. I'm trying to personalize I don't think it. Pretty Litter would mind you correcting their intro with your own personal endorsement, which is yes. that you want to smell your beans. Yes. Delicious, fragrant beans with bay leaves and garlic and onion. This is all to say that nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, it's low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're going to be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit, they're not going to smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus, the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. 
And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, Who Weekly. This is Michael. Um, Long time. Second time. Um, so I'm looking at, um, Amazon Prime because I'm like bored and there's nothing to do but watch TV. And I started looking into Vivica Fox and she on her, you know, you can like see the actors or whatever, um, in a particular movie and then what are all the other movies they're in. Why is Vivica in this string of movies called like, I'm literally reading it, the wrong child, the wrong student, the wrong crush. <laughs> it keeps going. The wrong friend. There must be two more. Hold on. The wrong stepmother and the wrong mommy. Can you please investigate? Like, does she make these films, or why is she obsessed with the word wrong? All right, be yummy pop. This really is. It's not just That's like great. two to three movies. It's like seven to ten movies. <laughs> And the other thing that Bobby realized when he looked this up is that you'd think if it's like if it's um the Candace Cameron version of Candace Cameron version, the Candace Candon Beret version of this, which is where she plays the same, you know, mystery solver in like those mystery yeah. movies, you know, mm-hmm. that she would play the same character. But in these movies, Vivica A. Fox just plays a different character every movie. <laughs> well, this guy, I, these are the ones that she's been in. Let's. Go to her Wikipedia and then type in the wrong. Sorry, her IMDb and type in the wrong. And then we'll highlight all the ones. Because Vivica Fox... Wait, so there are ones that she's not in? Yes, that is the weirdest thing. So (laughs) she's in a lot of them, but she's not in all of them. So the wrong roommate, the wrong child, where she's Renee. The wrong roommate, she's Detective Valdez. The wrong student, she's Gibson. The wrong crust, she's Gwen. The wrong man, she's Jen. The wrong cruise, she's Claire. The wrong friend, she's Principal Atkins. The wrong teacher... She's Charlotte's roommate slash Miss Burns. <laughs> the wrong stepmother, she's Miss Price. The wrong boy next door, she's Detective Watkins. The wrong mommy, she's Samantha. The wrong the tutor, wrong she's Carol. The wrong cheerleader, she's Coach Flynn. The wrong house sitter, she's Debbie. The wrong wedding planner, you didn't think there'd be a detective in a wedding planner movie? Wrong. Detective Jones. Her second detective. The wrong stepfather, she's Principal Higgins. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a dream situation because you think of the of the amount of work you're getting from one. You're just like putting out movie after movie. It's like great for Vivica, who's like working constantly because of these films. Yes, and I it was it was fun. I just watched um rewatched these are lifetimes, their the lifetimes. Yeah. I just rewatched Set It Off, and I hadn't seen it in a few years. And every time I watched, it, I'm like, Vivica Fox is so fucking good in this movie this she should have gotten an oscar nomination for this movie they're all good in the movie but Vivica fox is like number one so when you think about it immediately you're like wow to go from you know oscar hopeful she's this she's amazing so much potential she was in one of the biggest movies of all time independence day wow she's in lifetime movies how sad that she's stooped to candace cameron beret levels no her interpretation of this is this is iconic i love this i'm so proud of this and i found well, this interview she's with gonna her say that too i mean let's let's be a little like critical of course she's gonna say that but she also she's also the executive producer of the movies that she's in which is that's incredible. what i'm so saying it's like she is ang- because of the oscar thing because of the pro- because of her fame because of her name she can angle for 
oh, I'm going to be in these movies as like detective whoozy whatsy, but I'm also <laughs> going to be the executive producer of the film, which yeah. is like truly the most important part of this equation, right? So actually, that's that's kind of what I meant. So it's like she's not just acting yeah. in these. She's she gets producer credits. She has like this is this is sort of like a little small business for her. And I thought this interview was good. Again, like you said, you have to approach this with a little cynicism and a little like, yeah, this is marketing speak. But this is actually a very inspirational quote to me. She says, you don't see that a lot. Now they've given me a movie deal where each year director David Decoteau and I do four to five films. It's a new day and girl power is alive and thriving. I'm thrilled about that. I'm over 50 and at an age when most actresses are put out to pasture. But I'm getting all these wonderful opportunities. I'm having an amazing career resurgence as both an actress and a producer. That's kind of cool. Like her, the way that she interprets this is like most women aren't acting now. And look, I'm acting and producing and I'm making five movies a year that a lot of people watch because they're on Lifetime. (laughs) And like this caller is like, I'm just going to watch it because it's here. Wait, the funniest thing, though, about these movies is that the plots are all different, but they're all the same. Like, it's (laughs) just like it's like the wrong stepmother is like a stepmother comes and it might be the wrong one. Like a boy next door moves in like, but he might be the wrong one. Like a mommy like might be the wrong one. Like she gets a tutor and he might be like a no, bad tutor like it's the same plot <laughs> every all of the plots begin with like the old adage says if something's too good to be true it probably is that right. could definitely be said for like missy waldruff a small yeah. town girl from billingtown missouri and you're like what but they're all the same so i was like who is this director who directs literally all of them his name is david decoteau First of all, his INDB profile photo is literally him in a no hate, one of those Adam Busca no hate things. And this thing, this the wrong thing, he hasn't explained this explicitly, but he also made these movies called 1313 colon something. 1313 Cougar Cult, 1313 Haunted Frat, 1313 Actor Slash Model. They're all like on demand free movies that look like they were mm-hmm. shot on handy cams for $2 in three hey, days. Start somewhere. Because they were. And so oh. he made all of these movies that start with 1313 Nightmare Mansion. And they're all like, a lot of people have written about them. They're like these vaguely homoerotic softcore porn movies that you could just like get if you have cable. And he explained them thusly. The 1313 branding put me in a very, very enviable spot on all the on-demand menus on the cable services. There is some sort of recipe. You want to be early in the directory, but you also want to be a simple high-concept title. With 1313 Nightmare Mansion, you kind of know what you're getting. And so he just started calling all of his movies 1313 so they would be at the top of the list so people would watch them. He's a genius! So I think the wrong must test well. The wrong blank. The wrong this. This is like when that movie came out. I forget. It was like John Hamm and Jenny Slate. It was called Aardvark. And I remember it being... It was wasn't a very good movie but I remember somebody saying oh they called it Aardvark because it was the it would come up first on streaming because it, hey, hey. this is a movie that was going to go right to streaming essentially like it was yeah. fine and people were just be like oh Aardvark starring John Hamm like fine and it was a, the first movie on the list but 1313 beats that <laughs> 1313 and it like the 1313 doesn't mean anything so I was on this guy's INDB, he has 161 directorial credits. A lot of them are like started being, they're like 1313 in like the early 2010s. And then he transitions to wrong. But then there's a lot of stuff in between. He like never stops directing. He directs at least 10 things a year. But then I went all the way to the back to the 80s and I was seeing stuff like New Wave Hustlers, making it huge. Boys just want to have sex. 
man heat, mailogram. And I was like, is this porn or is this like softcore stuff? No, it's actually porn. He did porn second. He first did B movies with Roger Corman. Roger Corman was his first mentor, which is wild. That's so cool. That's great. Which makes so much sense. Yes. And then he started working on porn. He did an interview and he met this guy, Terry Legrand, who was also like in the gay porn scene, like a gay porn producer. And he started working for him and he's like, yeah, I did it. But it like, it's not all that exciting because porn used to be shot on film. So it was actually like, I learned how to shoot on film, but I just happened to learn while I was making porn. But he was like, because it was porn, you made it in a couple days. So he's he started making movies on this crazy schedule and he just never stopped. Right. And Roger Corman is known for doing like kind of pop, like flashy pop film. He like mentored a like, ton of filmmakers and he made kind of exploitation, like the campiest, movies, yeah. the campiest like horror films. So fun. Mm-hmm. So like weird and so interesting. So it makes sense to actually the porn thing kind of does make sense because that yeah. is truly like pure camp. And like the to, to go to that. To, to say, hey, how am I going to actually learn how to do this? This is of option for me. I'm going to use it, you know? Mm-hmm. And now yeah. he's doing what Roger Corman would be truly proud of, which is making Lifetime, like the campiest of camp, Lifetime films with Vivica A. Fox. With Vivica A. Fox. Oh, he's a lot. Oh, Roger Corman's not dead. Sorry, I thought he was done. He's 94. He's 94. He's 94. He would be proud, yeah. What is Little Mama up to? That's it. No crunch, crunch, no anything. What is Little Mama up to? <laughs> I love when the answer is like a lot. <laughs> well, can I just share a little behind the scenes here? It's like when we get like what is X up to? I think we've said this before. I'll put both. I'll put two options. And we'll do whoever has like the most interesting whatever they're up to or the least dark whatever they're up to. Mm-hmm. The other person on this one of their up to list was Matthew Fox of Lost Fame. And let me tell you, it's dark. So we had to we were like, let's talk about Little Mama. <laughs> let's do yeah. Little Mama. We're trying like to make this a fun podcast. <laughs> yeah, we don't okay. want to bum you out. Exactly. Little Mama. Uh, most importantly, most recently, she launched an eyelash line. So many of these makeup kits, they all sort of just look like variations on one thing. So much, I think, relies on, like, the amount of effort that the talent involved is willing to put in, like, putting their face on it, and, like, if the packaging is cool. And I think this has both of those things. Lil Mama had that thing happen where... Because she came out with her big hit lip gloss when she was a lot, lot younger. I think she was mm-hmm. maybe a teenager when... She's lip- only 30. Right. Oh, yeah, maybe not a teenager. But she was really young when lip gloss came yeah. out. And lip gloss was more of kind of a... Like a rapped song. Like it wasn't really mm-hmm. like sung. You know, my lip gloss is cool. My lip gloss be popping. I'm standing at my locker and all the boys keep stopping. What you know about me? What you what you know about me? What you know about me? What you what you know? It's my lip gloss is popping. And so she was touted as like an MC, but she can sing. And the other, th- and then she had like kind of a glow up, is what I'm saying. And so like yeah. all of a sudden, everyone was like, "Oh my god, Lil Mama's like beautiful. Lil Mama's hot." Like they weren't because they were thinking of her as like a schoolyard kid singing lip gloss or whatever. Yeah. So that yeah. that kind of happened to Lil Mama over the past like. 10 years she got very modely oh 2011 okay so like so she was 21 ish so she wasn't she was young not a teenager but young the point is that she had a glow up she's been on like hip growing up hip-hop that series they have grown up hip-hop new york grown up hip-hop atlanta she was mostly on growing up hip-hop atlanta she kind of faced off against a lot of the uh children of famous rapper celebrities like 
she kind of had drama with Rev Run's daughter because of she was like, you're mad privileged and I came from nothing. That was like kind of part of her drama from what I saw. I just wanted to play this clip because I think it's really funny. Wait, let me get to this part. I watched the Instagram live of her doing an unboxing video for her, her lash kit. She's holding up this thing. It sort of looks like a briefcase, like a plastic briefcase. And then you pull out the insert, which has all of the lashes in it like 12 inches by 16 inches. It's big and it's like pink plastic and it has a little strap. And then she pulls out the lash kit from the inside and then explains what you can do with this leftover plastic thing. That, and then you can use this little case, strap, purse, bag, um, for anything, files, checks, um, other cosmetics if you're on the run. Putting your checks in this. You take out your lashes <laughs> and you can use the case for checks. <laughs> You know, now that we have, uh, I have to say though, now that you do digital depositing of checks, if you do get a check, it's unclear what to do with it after. You're like, do I throw this check away? Like, well, I know I deposit. Do you shred it? You're supposed to keep them for a year. You're supposed to keep them for a year in and case then something you shred goes it. wrong. Okay, so I'm going to keep it. my checks in the INVXOXO Lil Mama bag that, I, that lashes came <laughs> my in. Checks. My checks. My checks. Yeah, whatever. I don't know where to put them. Hang a weekly. I know I've called in about this already, but I just really want to make sure you have the perfect call to play. Um, so on Vanderpump Rules, apparently one of the editors went on a podcast and said that she had a vendetta against Sheena and admitted to editing Sheena to look like a pedophile and like just making her look as bad as possible in the editing. And then she got fired and released this big statement about it. And I just want you guys to talk about it. Crunch, crunch. Bye. Um, as somebody who watches Vanderpump, yeah, you don't watch Vanderpump. Well, no, and I wanted you to explain this to me because when I first heard this story, I don't really know anything about Sheena Shea. Like, she's the one, she's like the themiest person from Vanderpump, apart from Is like she? Jax or whatever. Okay. Well, like, I just know that name. Stassi. And Stassi, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, I, when I read I the headlines that like a, an editor revealed that they gave her the villain edit. I was really shocked and I was like, surely this is being exaggerated and this is not the case. But then I read it and I was like, this is no, really the, the case. This like, is what happened. So, but I would love some more yeah. information about this. Well, so for those who don't watch Vanderpump Rules, it is a show that has gone downhill for the past two seasons, just rolling downhill into the trash can. It had its peak moments around seasons two and three and four. Fight me on that. I don't really care. The point is, is that the last few seasons, the uh, people on this reality show on Bravo have gotten married. They got houses. They're just literally the most boring people alive. So this season, they tried to mix in some new younger idiots to fight with each other who technically still work at the restaurant. It's a show about a restaurant owned by Lisa Vanderpump where people work. The point is, is that one of the shining stars of this otherwise terrible season is Sheena Shea. Sheena Shea is a perpetually single, although I don't think she's single right now, but that's that's real life, not Vanderpump, woman who loves to flirt and hook up with like kind of every new character that kind of appears. That's her, one of her things. It makes her amazing. She releases pop music. She was divorced. She loves to bring up her divorce. Like she is everything for this show. She is pulling it on her back. Okay. That is the best part about her. But this season, she did get kind of a crazy edit, meaning like just a lot of, they made her look like really embarrassing. And I think part of me was like, when I saw this, I was like, yeah, but she brought all of the fun and weird and kooky stuff to this otherwise boring show. But I guess if it's your real life, if it's you, you're like, why am I getting 
why are they pulling out these insane quotes? Why are they making me look like a desperate, crazy person? As it mm-hmm. turns out, this Bravo editor, I think the Bravo fandom makes everyone involved with the shows feel like so hype about the situation that they would go on a podcast and be like, hey, let me tell you everything, you know? Yeah. Because clearly this person, this editor, Bree Dellinger, who's now no longer with Bravo, felt comfortable saying, yeah, I give her the shitty edit because she's crazy and whatever. But it's... It is weird to say that specifically and not say, you know, Sheena makes great TV, period. Did she get fired or did she say this because she quit? Oh, she got fired because she admitted it. She got fired because she went on a podcast and there's a clip here that we can play if we want um, on the podcast. The podcast is called The Twisted Plot Cast with Evelyn Marley. And she said, if Sheena knows what's good for her, she'd befriend me because my favorite game is finding all the embarrassing things that Sheena does and putting them all in. She quipped on one episode. I think it's the way that she said it. Like, if you think that reality show editors aren't out here cutting together the most embarrassing moments of the characters' lives into the cut, you're crazy because that's why the show is good. That's why you would watch a reality show. (laughs) You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? To me, it's not like this offense, right? It is interesting because then Sheena herself was like, this is this sucks. Like I like I'm mad about it. But to me, it's kind of like if this woman hadn't said anything, maybe Sheena would have said, I'm getting this weird edit. But that's just what you get for being on a reality show. Sometimes you're the villain. Sometimes you're the angel. Sometimes da da da. And like you have no control over that. You signed the contract. Maybe it's unfair, but like that's not something that you can really fight against. So that the thing mm-hmm. is, like, I don't think this woman was necessarily doing anything that wasn't in her job title, but you can't go on a podcast and say, like, I am purposefully doing this because then the fans like get really mad, you know, and then she <laughs> posted a, a blog post and she said to the critics who have made it their mission to get me fired. You succeeded in your short sighted mission and solved nothing. I've been removed for the show I love. And while it's a heartbreak for me because I genuinely loved editing the show, it will not ruin me professionally normal. It changed the editing of the show at all. I agree with that. And I hope it doesn't because Sheena is the best part of that fucking show. Wow. What do you think? <laughs> No, I think that's fat. I mean, I think that's really, really interesting. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's rare to get that sort of honesty about like how the sausage is made when it comes to reality TV. Because I think intellectually, we all know that like reality TV shows are made in the editing room. Yeah. But like to have it actually articulated by an editor is really surprising to me. I'm like, it's no wonder they got fired. So, I mean, you know. It's just surprising to me that people don't seem to understand that uh, when you watch a reality show, it is the people's worst moments of their lives it's the most embarrassing moments of their day it's the most drama like I don't understand what people necessarily thought Vanderpump Rules was gonna give if they gave Sheena a fair quote-unquote fair edit we wouldn't get all of these iconic Sheena moments and the and the show would be as boring as ever which is the problem with the show now is that all they do is talk about their houses in Valley Village and that uh, that's it there's Mm -hmm. no there's no intrigue right so it's just fu- it's just this whole up this whole thing is just like funny to me because I get that when you have a favorite you want it to be fair for them like when you stand you want your your favorite to be happy but it's also kind of like look how TV works this is how TV works all right vet bills can be expensive but spot pet insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills so you can worry less about high vet bills yep up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents illness and even routine care And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. 
it's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com slash sample-policy. Spot Pet insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Do we want to do who are them or... Let's do a couple. Let's do a couple. Yeah. The Charo one, I had to answer via text because the call breaks up, but Charo's definitely a them. John Slattery, I think we've done... Let's do this one. Interesting. Is Jennifer Lawrence still a them? Because for a while there, it just like felt like she would never stop. But now I just don't hear about her ever. I'm like, I know she just got married. So maybe she's just living her best like married life. But, you know, I just always really genuinely liked her. So... What do you guys think? <laughs> cool. It's so weird when this happens, though. I you have so to do it, agree though. with you. But like, I, it feels like an actor is everywhere, just like just consuming of the full culture. Like everyone's talking about them. They're in every movie. Da da da. They're like, she felt like that for a good what three years or something. Three years. Four years. Four or maybe. Whatever. Four. So it is weird when all of a sudden they're like gone but it really does show you how the work doing that work being in movies promoting films and appearing whatever like it really is such a job because when you stop doing it you kind of disappear I do think Jennifer Lawrence is still a them because the interest in her still exists like she still has that a-listy vibe where if her name is brought up it's like a thing She's a them. She's a them in hiding. Yeah. You have to do this. It's, a, it's you know, you know, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Her wedding and marriage was huge. And she hadn't done Drones. something for like a while before that. And also the other thing is when people started talking about Adele again, they brought up Jennifer Lawrence. Like Jennifer Lawrence is like in the web connected to people so that, you know, when she... When she reappears, her next thing that she does, not reappears, She reappeared on the Amy like, Schumer show. Yeah, she called her on speaker. I thought that was so cute. I like that show. When she called her, How do you her, watch so it? Cute. I've been wanting to watch it, but on I don't TV. know how to watch it. It's on the Food oh, Network. Okay, so I can just watch it on... Can I, do they have a streaming site? Do they have a like foodtv.com or something? Whatever, I'll figure it out. Just watch it on um, the fucking TV, on the cable. On cable. I don't have cable. <sighs> figure it out. You can figure it out. I watch on YouTube TV to be honest she's definitely still them definitely still them she also just was such a she's such a big personality too that there's like whenever she says anything there's like so many things that people could write about it in a weird way mm -hmm. that i just feel like we're still like recovering from the jennifer lawrence era that we were not we're not fully over her yet hi Lindsay, bobby long time long time question wallace and gromit who are them good form bella thorne Wallace and Gromit, who are them? One, two, three, thems. Them. Yeah, those are some thems. Wallace and Gromit, or even I know about them. I look at the clay things. I'm like, there's Wallace, that's Gromit. I even know which one's which. I know that Wallace is the man and Gromit's the dog. I don't know anything else about them, but I know that they exist and I know yeah, their names and I know... think they're thems. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're thems. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Hi. Um, is Jewel a who or a them? She feels hooey, but has name recognition of them and like a single name, which I think is kind of zimmy, like C, Beyonce, Madonna, etc. Would love your input. Good form, Bella form. Thanks. Bye. Jewel. 
Who are them? Really hard. This is really I know. hard because I we know. we're not even our bias is going to overpower any type of objective thinking about Jewel. I have to say, I have to say one, two. I mean, and Jewel would want nothing. All Jewel wants is for you to think about her objectively. You know, I'm like that's what she that, wants. Like it's really hard. It's like it's really hard to think of because to me, Jewel is them because Jewel was like Jewel was most famous during my wait, most attentive. One, two, three, them. Them, but like, don't that you, name? Like, who, but like, who knows? But I just wonder the generational gap. I just don't know if they know who Jewel is, or if they, even older than. I mean, I think those songs are big. Okay, you think? Um, well, your heart, your intuition. Yeah. <laughs> you think that one is big? No, well, well, that <laughs> that's I love. The, that's the razor. That's the shaving your legs song. I love standing still. Okay, I know. I was just choosing the most obnoxious Jewel song, which is the one that I always think of when I shave my legs because she did it. She did it. In, yeah. It was in that ad. Because you love 0304. <laughs> Falling your heart. Remember when she came out with that and everyone was like, Jewel, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and she was like, sexism happened. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, truly, truly. A toxic she's, industry happened. She's like, have you heard of the music industry? We're in it. <laughs> What's the razor shake intuition? That was the name of the razor. Yeah, that was on a 304. Shake intuition. One, two, three, four. Three, not three, but four songs on a 304 use, have the letter U in them. <laughs> it's like Jewel desperate to become cool. She wanted to create an, a modern interpretation of big band music. That's what she said. So she made a a big a big pop album she had to make a big pop album but she was but the thing about 0304 was that it wasn't embarrassing it was good because it's like remember whenever liz fair released why can't i breathe and everyone was like you fucking traitorous bitch and like how fucking dare you liz fair even though i love that song right (laughs) why can't i you really were so mean to her and jewel Jewel, everyone was like, this song kind of slaps. Whatever. People weren't as mean to Jewel about it for some reason. Um, I think certain people might have been mean to Jewel. Certain people are mean you know, about everything. Because it was such but... a shift. It was... Right. Okay, let's not talk about Jewel too long or else we'll end up talking about the 9-11 cut of her song, which we've already talked about on this podcast that still I, make, I think about that. every day. Okay. Okay, next one. You'd think a simple thing like shaving would be, well, simpler. Now it finally can be with the new Chic Intuition, a triple blade razor surrounded by a unique skin conditioning solid. With just water, Intuition lathers and shaves in one step so easy, it makes the process of shaving as smooth as the results. Chic Intuition. Trust your intuition. Amanda Peet a who or a them? I feel like she's super dependable, but is she one of those that, like, never really got her due? Or did people, like, see her stuff more than I realized? Because, like, that A Lot Like Love movie with fucking Ashton Kutcher, well, but seriously a good movie, but I never hear anyone talk about it except for 
I think Lindsay mentioned it on Patreon, and it got me thinking. And now she's in this Dirty John thing. Is Amanda P like, is she that? Good form, Bellathorn. First of all, justice for a lot like love. You Clearly love you weren't like listening love. to my podcast oh. that you're calling into because... I fucking love A Lot Like Love. I think it's yeah, such I a know. good rom-com. You love okay. A Lot Like Love. But Amanda Pete, you're talking about, you did mention this because she is the lead in the new Dirty John season two or whatever, which is called Dirty John Betty. It's not about the John character anymore. It's I, just, I, I <laughs> can't think this. about it. I can't think it about it. It gives him angina. Angi- 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 angina. Angina. <laughs> it gives I Bobby angina. stand it. I can't stand it. Why? I understand, like, no, and we talked about this. We talk about how much we love this. a limited series. We love a limited series. We love a movie, a, a series that recognizes one and done is good. But why didn't they call it, like, Dirty John? Because Maybe Dirty it's like a rights John issue. So, Dirty no, Betty? Dirty, Dirty John something? did, stop. Dirty John did so well for bravo for their one of their rare scripted shows that they didn't want to risk that people wouldn't come back to watch dirty john again so they just said let's Mm -hmm. call it let's call the whole series even though yes the first character was based off the podcast based on a guy named dirty called dirty john so you're right like it doesn't make sense because that guy is no longer the subject of the show but they were like dirty john betty we've already branded so the new season is the story of I think her name is Betty Betty Broderick. Betty Broderick. And I don't know this story. Ex. And maybe oh, I... it's fascinating. It's very true crimey. It's like one of the it's like one of the true crimeys that everybody loves. To I talk know about. the name, and I know that there have been a lot of like movie like like people have adapted the story a lot. Yeah, and it was like you know what's her name? Um, what was her name? The Long Island Lolita. Oh, uh, Amy Fisher. Amy Fisher. Amy like, Fisher, I know the, yeah. like, Amy Fisher story. I know the Amy Fisher thing. And I know this was sort of the same thing where it was like everyone was talking about Betty Broderick in the she 90s. She was played by I... Meredith Baxter. And everyone uh, was played by Meredith Baxter in the 90s. And yikes, Stephen Collins played Dan, the husband who was. Killed. Oh, so he gets killed. Well, that's yeah, fine for Stephen right. Collins to play yeah. the person. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. And so you're right. And this, the, the story has been not only portrayed in movies and whatever, but it's also because of true crime podcasting being such a huge thing. It's now a story that a lot more people know because of that. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of like what brought this back. And Dirty John is based on a, tr- a a true crime podcast so it only makes sense to take other stories that people are really 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 into and turn them into this uh, turn them into this series so you have Amanda Pete playing Betty and you have Christian Slater playing Dan oh, I which love. I kind of love because Christian Slater is so good at playing I like love the two of them sleaze he's bags like, he's Ugh. like but he's so highbrow lowbrow like he like after Nymphomaniac I'm like this guy can do it all do you, you know what I mean love like, Nymphomaniac I fucking love Nymphomaniac I <laughs> Part one. You love a lot. The the two things to know about Lindsay. She loves Nymphomaniac and a lot like love. Amanda Pete, who are them? I didn't expect to to love Nymphomaniac, but I have to admit I love it. Okay, Amanda Pete. Amanda Pete, who are them? One, two, three. Them. Who do you you think she's a them? Convince me. My take on Amanda Pete is this I think everyone thinks they are special for liking Amanda Pete, and I think everyone likes Amanda Pete. Okay, because I also I have that disease. I have that disease where I'm like, you know, I have a real soft spot for Amanda Pete. I think everyone thinks, like, you know who I like? I really like Amanda Pete. And everyone's like, me too. And it's like, yeah, because everyone, but they all think that Amanda Pete is less famous than she is. Everyone likes Amanda Pete. Here's the thing liking Amanda Pete is not a personality. Okay? Okay. 
calling all the basic bitches. We know you like Amanda P. We're all basic bitches. We all like Amanda The most who weekly like anger moment is like saying that basic people think Amanda P is good, even though we think she's good, but it's not a personality trait. Next time you hear someone who doesn't listen to this podcast, which is most people, <laughs> mention Amanda Pete. Oh, pay attention because they're, they're going say, to say oh, some version of know, like, I really I like, like her. <laughs> That's a thing. As though it's a unique thought. Yeah. It's That's like, the kind of thing you put on your dating app. Everyone's like, oh, she likes Amanda Peake. She's so quirky. It's like my dating app says, I like music, the outdoors, food, and Amanda Peake. It's Pete. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Join uh-huh. the club. Join the Amanda Pete fan club. We're apparently all in it, but we won't admit it. But we will admit it. <laughs> okay, we need to move on. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. So I've been listening to Raina and me literally on repeat all day. And I am really obsessed with that little trumpet noise at the beginning of it. And so I am um, in the chromatica universe. I want to know, is the trumpet noise at the beginning of Raina and me a who or a them? And it also kind of brings me to... Is the saxophone opening of um, Carly Rae uh, who are them as well? Thanks, guys. Crunch, crunch. Bye. The the saxophone from Carly Rae is a them. Yes, it's a them. It's on a hat. Patrick designed the hat that says sax solo. Sax solo the iconic but is hat. the trumpet from Rain on Me? Uh, let's ooh. remind ourselves. Let's remind ourselves of the trumpet, and then we'll do it. Burp, burp, burp. <laughs> Did I get it right? Oh, it's burp, 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 burp. It's not. It doesn't go down. But pay attention. This caller specifically asked if the rain on me trumpet was a them in the Chromatica universe. So, like, if once we're on planet or plane, Chromatica or it's a Chromatica them. It's not a broad them. Like, I would argue that like Miss the Mister Saxa beat saxophone is a broad them, and the the saxophone from Carly Rae Jepsen's Runaway with Me is uh, also a who. <laughs> Let's make it official. Let's make it official. Rain on me trumpet. In the world of Chromatica or outside? In the world of Chromatica. One, two, three. Them. Yeah, definitely. A- a- them. And then outside. Outside Chromatica. <laughs> so like the earth. On earth. Uh, on yeah. earth is the rain on me trumpet. Yes. Who are them? One, yes. two, three. Who? Oh, who. Yeah. It's not, it's not taps. It's no taps. You know taps? It's no taps. You know taps. Taps? Oh, trumpet. like the sad trumpet song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a trumpet them. Taps. Chromatica trumpet who? Thank you for listening to Who's There. Keep on calling in because episodes like this can't happen unless we have good calls. All of our all of our wonderful listeners calling in with great questions and comments. Call 619, who them if you have any other questions, comments, concerns. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. Have a great weekend. Happy Chromatica. Happy Chromatica Day. Support us on patreon.com social weekly if you want two extra episodes a week, sometimes three. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And also thank you to everyone who donated to Beds Die Strong. We raised, as of counting, we raised almost almost $2,000 for Beds Die Strong. You all are amazing and it's unreal. So thank you so much. We'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. You will drive Yeah. 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 They want to know. Hey. Mia. Hey. Mia. Mia. Come on. Hey. I want to be famous. Hi, my name is Jack Harrison Quintana, and I work at marketing for the Joint Association of Neapolitan Ice Cream Creators. 
I'm interested in getting in touch with that caller that has called into your show several times, really preaching the gospel of Neapolitan, saying Neapolitan is about. I'd really like to get in touch with them and uh, elevate their practices to influencer, if that's possible. I'd also love to discuss with you my other client, Leanne Cuisine. I've heard you discuss her, and I think that uh, we could really do a collab together. Crunch, crunch. Hey, um, I just want to say that um, rechargeable, non-battery-operated vibrators will change your life. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye.